What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 44 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your boy Leroy, coming at you straight out of the closet to tell you about a guy who, well, I ain't gonna lie, he's a real jerk off, literally. Someone's gonna be sloppy, not just for the obvious reasons, the info on this guy was kinda all over the place, lacking in some areas. I wasn't gonna do it originally for that reason. But then I thought, ah, screw it. This one's just too hard to pass up. Pardon the pun. Before we get into it, Apple Podcasts. I don't mention it often because you guys have been so good with it. Got 851 reviews over there. It's amazing. But they're slowing down a little. So if you haven't already, please hook your boy up with a five-star review, if that's at all possible. Let's get up to 1,000 of those bad boys. Some people actually check out reviews before trying a podcast, believe it or not. So let's give him something to look at. Make me look somewhat relevant in this crowded podcast scene. Say whatever you want. Zora08 just last week said, This is one of the sweetest podcasts I've listened to for a while. The stories are full dumpster fire. Presentation is entertaining and enjoyable. Thank you, Zora. Or Dory Jewel. They said, Tried listening because it is supposed to be a lighthearted soft crimes podcast. Literally half the episode was bad jokes and lame ramblings. Gave up and hadn't even reached the first story. Stop with the dad jokes and get to the stories already. Unsubscribed. Oops. I just <laughs> I just realized halfway through that was a two star. Uh, uh, you weren't supposed to hear that. Bad jokes and lame ramblings. I like that. Maybe that's how I'll start describing the show to people. There was a time when comments like this would bother me. Make me question myself and my abilities. But honestly, I don't give it a second thought anymore. 
Sure, I could have a more formal, professional style. Might even bring in more listeners. But that just wouldn't be fun. And when it comes down to it, I'm usually sitting here alone, putting all this time into the episodes. And if I'm not comfortable or having a good time doing it, the show wouldn't have any type of longevity. I'd probably just quit. Sure, it's not perfect, but I gots to be me. So, Dory Jewel, if that's your real name, I would smash that unsubscribe button for you myself if I could. With a hammer. Go kick rocks. We don't need your kind here anyways. I would appreciate more reviews though, please. Like I said, just smash five stars. You don't have to stroke my ego or anything. Speaking of stroking, segue. Let's hear a couple of masturbation jokes, shall we? Oh, by the way, I get lots of people telling me uh, they listen to the podcast with their kids, which is great. But if it isn't already, this episode might get awkward for you. So you may want to have the kids sit this one out. Or not. It's entirely up to you. Not trying to uh, give parenting advice. You do you, baby boo. Just putting that warning out there. As you can probably tell by the title, this episode's going to be a shit show. All right. Hey, what do you call a guy who cries while he masturbates? A tearjerker. Hey oh. If you get caught jerking off on a plane, do they charge you with hijacking? It's <laughs> actually a good question. Okay, last one. This actually happened to me at the movies the other day. I was at the cinema with a friend. We were the only ones in the theater. It was fantastic. That is until this creepy dude shows up, and of all places, he decides to sit down right next to me. After a few awkward minutes, I whisper to my friend, Hey, this dude is doing something gross in his pants. My friend goes, ah, just ignore him. I said, uh, I can't. He's using my hand. All right, you know what that sound means? Let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. And listen, my friends, I'm going to do my best to get you back home nice and dry. But you might want to wear a raincoat, because there's definitely going to be some drizzle. Episode number 44, The Manure Masturbate. Hey, normally I take the time to tell you about a personal experience which somehow loosely relates back to the story here. Unfortunately, I don't have any crazy masturbation stories or manure-related stories. Certainly not ones combining the two. And if I did, quite frankly, I'd be too ashamed to tell you. I am so relieved that I'm not turned on by any crazy stuff. My needs and desires are pretty basic. Besides the occasional finger in the butt... What an inconvenience it would be if while choking my chicken, I literally needed to choke a chicken. That would get pretty messy and expensive. The feathers and the squawking, it just all sounds too stressful. Okay, where am I going? <laughs> where am I going from here? Ah, okay. Today, we're going to meet a guy who isn't so lucky. His needs can't be met just by throwing on some porn and rubbing one out in the comfort of his own home. Nah. Unfortunately for him, he needs to go out get his hands dirty. Okay. 
Today we are headed to jolly old England, mates. The gentleman our story is based around is from Camborne. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Camborne is a town with about 21,000 people located in Cornwall, England. The county of Cornwall has some beautiful, picturesque scenery on the water. It's a great summer destination. Tourists are drawn to its sandy beaches and gorgeous landscapes. But Camborne, pardon my French, is a bit of a shithole. Okay, that was kind of rude. It's an extremely poor area, though. Let's hear a snippet about Camborne from an article published in CornwallLive.com. Quote, It might lie only a few miles from the beautiful Cornish coastline, but there are some children living on Camborne's Pengagon estate who've never been to the beach. According to data recently published by the government, the estate is the most deprived area in Cornwall and among the 2% most deprived areas in all of England. End quote. A lot of poverty, unemployment going on in Camborne. It's sad. But yeah, deprived, unfortunately, seems to be a word that comes up a lot with the town. And while a lot of its residents are deprived, some of them are also depraved. That was smooth. Sexually depraved. People like our man David Truscott. What a guy. Where do we start with David? David, David, David. He has an interesting fetish, which we'll get into soon. We don't know a heck of a lot about him outside of that part of his life, which is too bad. Maybe he enjoys playing soccer. I mean, football. Perhaps he likes doing puzzles in his spare time, volunteering at the soup kitchen, flying kites, writing poetry. Who knows? Sadly for him, all of that stuff is trumped by his sexual desires and the need to fulfill them. We just want to know the juicy stuff, right? I should start off by saying David is on the autism spectrum. Autism Spectrum Disorder, ASD. A couple of the signs and symptoms of ASD are repeating actions over and over and over and over again, and unusual reactions to the way things smell, taste, look, feel, or sound. There are many other signs and symptoms, but these two are extremely relevant to this dude. While this is meant to be a fun show, I just want to say, you know, I'm not trying to pick on David Truscott. He clearly has some hurdles to get over. Not an easy life. However, he is a man who is out there in society, and he's indulging in some strange behavior, and that's the whole point of the show, exploring those behaviors. It's kind of what we do. Let's kick things off in 2004. David is 34 years old at this time. We're at the Roth Family Farm in Red Ruth, Cornwall. This is a place David will come, C-U-M, back to again and again and again. This poor family has to deal with a lot of stress due to David and his obsession with their place over the years. He started off slowly, then as things usually do, they escalate. Dave was grabbing cow patties, or cow pats, from the farm, taking off with them and pleasuring himself with the moo-moo manure. Gross. Uh, they don't go into detail about how he did it. Was he just sniffing it at first, or rubbing it all over his body while he rubbed one out? Using it as some kind of lube? I wonder. It's unknown how long that went on for, but eventually he upgraded to entering the barn and rolling around in the slurry while pulling his pud. Slurry is such a, gro <laughs> a gross-sounding word, but it's basically a mixture of manure and water. It's a fantastic natural fertilizer. Hey, a little extra semen in there probably wouldn't hurt. Might actually help. But Clive and Jackie Ruth, the owners of the farm, did not appreciate it when they caught David in the act. They caught him covered in manure, spreading his muck in the muck spreader. A muck spreader, according to Wikipedia, is an agricultural machine used to distribute manure over a field as a fertilizer. In 2005, David would get himself banned from the property. David's attorney at the time, Michael Melville Shreve, great name, 
described his client as, quote, a sad, isolated, peculiar man with peculiar habits who definitely needs help, end quote. Damn, he's kind of right, though. I feel at this point, a few of our depraved subjects we've covered in the past would be like, ah, uh, yeah, David, you're going down a dark path, man. Even the mad pooper might be disgusted. The doorbell Don Juan who licked a stranger's doorbell for three hours? He might even raise an eyebrow. The dude who was working in a hospital in Florida and sucked on an 80-year-old woman's toes while she slept <laughs> would judge this behavior. Edwin Toberta, may he rest in peace, the man who made love numerous times to pool inflatables at his neighbor's homes and at the side of the road? Well, okay, Edwin would probably be cool with it. I bet they'd be friends. But everyone else would probably judge this repulsive behavior. Eh, probably not. Man, we've covered some strange people on this show, haven't we? None of this stuff stopped David, though. There was still evidence and sightings of him spreading his seeds, shaking hands with the milkman, so to speak, at the family farm. Clive and Jackie tried some tactics to deter David even further. They erected bollards in the farm, which are short vertical posts. I don't know, I guess this was just to make it harder for him to roll around in there, I guess. Banging into poles. They removed the slurry, cleaned the muck spreader, and picked up those cow patties as, as best they could, anyways. Uh, this infuriated David. They were kind of cock-blocking our boy. Here's where David's behavior escalates. He starts threatening the family. He says he's going to burn that mother effer down. Prosecutor Gareth Evans said, quote, The impact of this man's actions on a law-abiding family cannot be overstated. After the first offenses in 2004, they had to reassure a three-year-old boy that their house wasn't going to catch on fire. They had to go around with him every night to make sure the fire alarms were working. Mr. Roth's mother lives in fear that her house on the farm is going to be the subject of an arson attack, end quote. So it's not just Clive and Jackie living here. They have kids, and Clive's mother also resides there. Okay, so David didn't just utter these threats. He's a man of action. The family wasn't being dramatic. They had good reason to fear David. He tried to set their tractor on fire, hay bales, their shed. After a few unsuccessful attempts, here's the big one, so sad. David set the cattle pen on fire. It contained a cow who had just recently given birth to a couple of calves. The cow perished in the blaze. I believe this happened in 2006. Finally, David received some real punishment for this, as he should. He serves three years for arson and burglary. Not sure what he burgled. Cow shit, maybe? Who knows? I'm sure they could have also nailed him for lewd misconduct, stalking, trespassing. Take your pick. Three years in the slammer. That'll smarten up David, right? Three years to cool off. A time out to stop and think things over. Surely he's got to be thinking, what am I doing with my life? He's got to realize the error of his ways, right? Nope, not at all. He's probably just ticking off the days till he can go back to that fresh fertilizer. He loved that place. Probably performed the five-knuckle shuffle numerous times to pictures of the barn, the muck spreader, the cow patties while he was in lockup. He just couldn't stop obsessing over it. To quote Jake Gyllenhaal in that touching scene from Brokeback Mountain, I wish I knew how to quit you. So, David gets out of jail sometime in 2009. In September, he's found back at the farm. Caught with his dick in his hand, literally. He had gotten into the cattle pen, released some of their cattle, and he was found naked, spread eagle, in the slurry spreader. This incident sends him back to the slammer for 16 weeks. Four months. They didn't specify when this happened, but during one of his arrests, police searched his home and shockingly they found 360 pairs of women's underwear. Wasn't expecting that. Pretty weird. 
They also found, not so shockingly, a couple barrels, one of them containing hard mud, and the other was full of liquid sludge. Oh dear. (laughs) So, okay. He was trying to keep himself entertained in the comfort of his home, but he could only bop his baloney at home so many times before he needed to go and experience the real thing. I get it. I get it. The Roth family has a restraining order against David. He's banned from the farm. Does that stop him? No, of course not. He won't stop. He knows it. The Roth family knows it. The police know it. This is crazy. Okay, what next? 2011, Dave is back at the farm. What's he doing now? He is found naked and he's sitting in cow shit. Normally you'd all be like, what? Tell me more, Leroy. What is a 41-year-old man? Yeah, he's 41 now. Uh, What's a grown man doing at a farm? Buck-ass naked, sitting in shit. There has to be a crazy story here, right? But no, we're all desensitized to his nonsense by now. Let's throw that silly Dave back in jail for 20 weeks this time. There was actually another incident, not sure when it happened, but the Roth's oldest son, who was 16 at the time, he steps outside and David's standing there, silently, trying to hide near some bushes. Prosecutor Gareth Evans describes the scene. Quote, He was naked, apart from one sock, and was covered in cow excrement and mud. There were tissues littered around him. End quote. Let's just take a moment to fully appreciate this scene here. Close your eyes and picture a 40-year-old balding man. He's cowering over by the bushes, trying to hide. He's naked, except for a sock. Hey, use your imagination. Where is that sock located? His left foot? His right foot? I'm imagining it hanging from his wang. He's covered in cow shit and has dirty, crusty, crumpled up tissues strewn about. Very creepy, but also hilarious. The teen probably spotted David, shrugged his shoulders, and continued out the door to hang with his friends. I mean, what do you do at this point? David is acting like a teenager here, a love-struck teen who's being kept away from the love of his life. That would normally be a teenage girl or a boy, but in this case, it's the farm, and all the manure and sights and smells and sounds that come with it. The Roths are the barn's parents, who don't want bad boy David dating their daughter. So David is lashing out, getting enraged, and taking out his anger on the family. When he tried to burn down the barn, it was one of those, well, if I can't have her, no one can kind of moments. Things are about to go down a dark path here yet again. No amount of punishment seems to deter David's behavior. And he's getting worse. So in 2014, he's going to get an extended sentence of 10 years. This is decided upon after he sees some psychiatrists and gets extensive testing. The first five years, he'll be in prison where he will be getting hospital treatment. And let's be honest, this is what he's needed all along. You can't just keep throwing him in jail. They need to get to the root of the problem and fix it. Or he's just going to keep doing the same thing. He'll never stop. So that's good. Then after that, he gets a five-year extended license period where he's released, but they're keeping a very close eye on him with restrictions and all that. Restraining order still in place for the Roths and their farm. Okay, and this was all confirmed in a BBC article. They say this all happened after David was making death threats and also threatening more damage to the property. The BBC is a much more well-respected source than the Daily Mail. I love the Daily Mail. And I know it has a reputation for perhaps exaggerating details or being kind of gossipy. The thing is, for these types of stories, serious sources like the BBC will report on it a bit, but they just glaze over the details in their article because it's just too vulgar. Whereas the Daily Mail's like me. They latch onto a story like this one. Oh, a man enjoys masturbating with cow manure? Details! Picks or it didn't happen. Let's bust out all the puns we can think of. Give us all the juicy goodness. 
So here are some of those extra details from the only news source brave enough to disclose them. The Daily Mail. David discussed wanting to hire a hitman to take out the Roth family. He bragged about having 2,000 pounds in cash on him. Bling, bling. He also had fantasies where he would tie up all of the members of the Roth family to trees, pour gasoline on them, and set them on fire. Uh, he said he really looked up to this murderer named Raoul Moat. This guy. He attempted to murder his ex-girlfriend and her new man. He succeeded in killing the boyfriend, but thankfully the ex-girlfriend survived. Uh, there was this big manhunt for him back in 2010. Not a good dude to admire. Here's what David's new lawyer, Robin Smith, had to say about him and the situation. Quote, My client is a complex and troubled individual, and the context in which he made the threats is a very relevant feature. He was released on February 27, 2012, halfway through his sentence, and for three and a half months he stayed at a hostel in Somerset. He was very content there and was allowed to engage in some of his bizarre behavior. Ugh, like what? His difficulties came when he was transferred to Exeter, and these threats were made three days later. It was in that conversation he made these threats when he was agitated and angry. There was an element of bravado, hot-headedness, and attention-seeking. End quote. Sure, David may not have gone through with all this, but I'm glad the judge wasn't willing to roll the dice to find out. The Roths needed someone to stand up for them and take this seriously. And David needed someone to intervene and get him some help too, whether he wanted it or not. Judge Philip Wassell was just the man for the job. Let's end this with a quote from the man himself directed right at our boy David Truscott. Honorable Judge Philip Wassell, quote, you expressed your anger and frustration at the people who own the farm. They must have been at their wit's end that you kept coming back to their land. They are living in fear of seeing you again. From everything I have heard and read, I have not the slightest doubt you are a dangerous offender who poses a very real risk of causing serious harm. In your case, that could be anyone who owns a farm. But at the moment, it particularly applies to this family. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 44, The Manure Masturbator. Hopefully this story wasn't too off-putting for you. 
I, for one, enjoyed it. I hope David can keep it in his pants and stay away from that poor family. I would have moved for sure. Easier said than done. They had the farm and all that. Yeah, it would have been tough. A wacky story indeed. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing that sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. You know what time it is, baby, so sing it with me. Let's get criminal, criminal. I want to get criminal. Hey, it's me again to voice this week's crime confession. Hello, Leroy. I am a pretty honest guy who always tries to follow the rules and has never been in trouble with the law. Well, except for the one time I will share with you now. It was the summer of 1988, and I was 15 years old. My friend Sean was 16, and he had just bought a beautiful used Pontiac Fiero, which was a really cool car for a teen in 1988. My stepbrother, Kevin, from Pinocchio, Kansas, I don't know if that's how you say it, uh, was staying with us that summer. Kevin was 17 and liked to brag about all the criminal mischief he always got up to in Kansas. Anyway, Sean, Kevin, and I were watching horror movies we had rented, drinking Mountain Dew and just being teenage boys when Kevin starts bugging Sean about wanting to see his Fiero. Finally, after Nightmare on Elm Street was over, great flick, we decided to walk the mile or so to Sean's house to see his Fiero. It was a little after 10 o'clock p.m. We had to walk down a main street behind our neighborhood. The house is all backed up to it, and Kevin kept looking over the backyard fences and boasting about how easy it would be to break into them. About this time, Sean points out a plain tan sedan and says, That's the second time that car has passed us. The driver looks like a child molester. If he passes by again, I'm running. Well, shortly after that, the same car passes by again, and Sean and I start running and hide behind some bushes, and Kevin jumps over one of the backyard fences. Then the car flips on his red and blue police lights, hidden on the dash, and orders us to come out with our hands up. Sean and I are relieved to know it's not a child molester and gladly comply. The cop orders us to put our hands on the hood and then pats us down and cuffs us. He asks where our friend went. I told him his name is Kevin, and which fence he hopped. The cops call on the radio for a black and white to go pick up Kevin. And a few minutes later, the marked patrol car rounds the corner with Kevin handcuffed in the back. The cop questions us about being out past curfew, and we told him the whole true story. He tells us Kevin has outstanding warrants in Kansas and that he will be going to jail. Then he writes Sean and I tickets for the curfew violation and drives us both home. I don't know what happened to Kevin, but Sean and I each got $300 fines and one year probation, simply because Kevin was with us when we were out past curfew. Anyway, that's that. I guess I was scared straight because that's the only time I have been tangled with the police. Great show. Yours truly, James Hernandez, a.k.a. Jimmy the Kid. Jimmy the Kid. Love it. Thanks, buddy. I didn't know curfew was a real thing. Like, I just thought your parents gave you a curfew. Didn't know you could actually get in trouble with the law for being out past a certain time. I'm sure they would have just told you to go home if that darn Kevin wasn't with you. Drinking Mountain Dews, fast cars, renting horror flicks in the late 80s. Ah, a simpler time. I would have loved to hang with you guys when I was a teen the best. Excuse me, that's illegal at gmail.com. Send me your softcore crime story, and like Jimmy the Kid here, you could have it played on the air. Okay, silence please, as I induct the next ten members into the elite group known as the Neighborhood Watch. 
Nikolai V.O. Quan Solo. Jude D. Charlene F. Hallie. Nicole K. Julia B. Cyrene the Cat. John. And Justin W. Let's sound those air horns to make it official. You are now officially members of the Neighborhood Watch. Thank you, my friends. You supporting the show really means a lot. Patreon.com slash excuse me, that's illegal to join the club for the price of a Big Mac a month. Before we bounce out of here, I have a promo to play for you guys for a new podcast called World's Dumbest Criminals. It's hosted by my good pal Tara. She's hilarious and covers dumbass criminals from around the globe. If you like this pod, I'm sure you'll love hers. We have different styles, but both cover the lighter side of crime and have a good time with it. Man, she's covered a lot of crimes already. She does maybe like five in an episode, whereas I like to do maybe one or two extensively and, of course, talk about myself probably too much. (laughs) She's covered some good ones. I'll probably be snagging some ideas from her in the future. For sure. Uh, Please give her a shot if you're out there looking for another true crime pod to add to your collection. You won't be disappointed. I'll let Tara tell you all about her show in a moment. As for myself, I'll be back in another 10 days with more softcore scumbaggery. Peace! Take it away, Tara. Did you hear about the Welsh tourists who got drunk and stole a penguin named Dirk from SeaWorld on the Gold Coast? Or the Canadian guy who tried to beat a breathalyzer test by eating his own underpants? Hey, I'm Tara Saraban from World's Dumbest Criminals, an upbeat podcast about deadbeat crims. Join me every Monday to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre and downright stupid crimes and criminals in the world ever. Like the Australian man who put out an unsuccessful hit on his wife and freaked out when she crashed her own funeral. Or the Chinese woman who deliberately ran 49 red lights in her ex-boyfriend's car. World's Dumbest Criminals is available on iTunes, Spotify and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe if you don't want to miss any criminally stupid shenanigans. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? 
We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to trylifemd.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.